0: This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 18th, 2020. I'm here with my man Luke Sylvia. How are you doing, man? good man i week whatever
1: week whatever quarantine quarantine, life i don't i don't know what it is but i'm I'm ready to get out of it ready to be done i'm ready to get back to a normal work schedule um just a lot of things i'm ready for that we're not quite getting right now jonathan
0: you and me both man i feel like this week was like my breaking point right like so we've been basically like quarantining since like the the beginning of march i would say as everything just kind of started to unfold here in Florida, like, you know, right around the time the NBA season was canceled, all of that jazz. Speaking of the NBA season, we would be like, this would be like conference finals would be getting started right now. We'd be watching that like right now or getting ready to watch that, depending on if it was East or West, whatever. But yeah, like this week, Whenever I had like downtime from work, I just found myself going outside and just sitting on my front porch, just so that I could be outside, so that I could be out of the house, mm-hmm. um, like jogging up and down my street, just wh- whatever I can do to like just get some sense of moving around again and, and not just doing nothing but sitting inside. So yeah, I'm I'm ready for it to get over. More importantly, I'm I'm more ready for sports to come back and the NBA to come back, baseball to come back. Just all that stuff. I'm just Every, sick of it.
1: Luckily, I don't know. It, it feels like we're getting there. Right. <laughs> I feel like we've been saying that, but especially the last couple of weeks with facilities reopening for voluntary, you know, individual workouts. Um, I, Jonathan, I think a good sign was that, you know, these UFC fights going on, Um, you know, obviously it, it's easier to get up and going again because there's only, you know, one fighter against another fighter. But they're having you know multiple fighters every night. They right. have certain people having masks on, and I don't know. There are some people have masks on, some don't. I know like uh, you know refs don't and fighters don't. Um, I wonder if that's because they've all those people have been tested. Um, it's possible, yeah. I I think that's what it was. I mean, I definitely think they've tested the fighters. Um, but I mean, I I think that's a good sign for us. I think that. That means that kind of the country is slowly reopening. I know that a lot of states have been reopening kind of at their own speed. But you saw like California is not doing any – did they cancel all sports through the fall? I think that's what they did. Um, And then – and I I think that maybe that was high school. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, But then in Arizona, uh, 30 minutes down the road, they are like reopening things for sports. So – there's kind of it's it's a case by case thing, but I think we're getting there. I think that we're we're slowly but surely getting there. I hope that you know this time next month we can give listeners a little bit more to to hear about. Um, but I, Jonathan, I think I think we've got a, a pretty fun but sad episode today going down memory lane.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, full disclosure. I mean, maybe we should even put like a trigger warning. You know, not to make mm-hmm. light of that, but. If you're an Orlando Magic fan that is easily triggered by, like, what ifs and what could have been and what should have been and all that kind of stuff, this might be a rough episode for you to get through. So grab your tissues, your Kleenex, whatever it is you need.
1: And you guys can blame the last dance that made everybody kind of get sentimental last week, and it's kind of carried over, Jonathan. We've seen a lot of different Magic outlets uh, between podcasts and Instagram pages and things like that kind of dive into the what ifs. Right. So you thought, you know, you, you came to me and you were like, hey, I think we should do a what-ifs episode because everybody seems to be in their feelings. So, you know, without further ado, Jonathan, I'm I'm kind of ready to get into it.
0: Well, with me, it really started like, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, You know, just nothing else to do. I kind of swore off 2K this year just because I felt like it was just the same recycled thing that we see every single year. I know a lot of people feel the same way. But I was like, you know what? What if we took Tracy McGrady you know, in his prime in Orlando and Shaq in his mm-hmm. prime in Orlando added them to the current team. How would that play out? Well, I simulated the entire season and the magic swept the Lakers in the finals. So it was kind of, you know, just like, like validation for everything that we've thought about all this time, things that we're going to talk about today. So, or vindication is probably the the better word uh, that, yeah. I, that I would use there. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get into the what ifs once again, not going to be the easiest thing to, to go through, but w- whatever. We're, we're going to do it anyways. Rip the, the scab off, the scar open, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. So we're going to start this in like really like chronological order. That's the best way to do this, the most efficient way to do this. It makes the most sense. So we're going to start with number one. So Nick Anderson in the, the 1995 NBA Finals, game one against the Houston Rockets. What happens if Nick Anderson just makes one of four free throws? Uh, I think we're, we're not going to overtime. We're not you going know? to overtime.
1: First of all, we're not going to overtime. Um, Kenny the Jet Smith doesn't hit that three-pointer to tie the game and send it to overtime. Uh, and Hakeem doesn't hit that stupid tip-in with .3 seconds left on the clock um, to win game one and essentially send us into this whole thing of what-ifs. I think that really kind of started it all in Magic history.
0: Yep, that's fair to say. Like, that one scenario, you know, Nick Anderson missing both free throws, getting the rebound, getting fouled, missing mm-hmm. both free throws. Kenny the Jet comes down, hits the three. Game goes to overtime. Magic losing overtime. <laughs> End up getting swept in the finals. Um, that just really set the the tone and, and the trajectory, what it feels like for just, like, the quote-unquote meme, like the Orlando tragic, right? Just, yeah. Time and time again, it's like, here comes great opportunity, and then, like, you know, Penny Hardaway's knees, Grant Hill's ankles, it just doesn't <laughs> hold up, right? Yeah, so, and I think
1: every every team has these big what-ifs. Um, there, there's a ton of them for every team, I would say. A lot of regrets, I'm sure, for a lot of fan bases and organizations. But for whatever reason, Jonathan, I just feel like we have so many, and it's probably because we're just fans of the team, so we're well aware of every... Bump and bruise the Orlando Magic have ever have other have ever had, but it just does feel like when you sit down and make a list like we did of some of the big what ifs. There's some still some smaller ones that are just like you wonder um, even more. Like what what did we do? What did we do to deserve this? Right. right. I, there's a lot. Well, and and, it, and that's the you know, obviously Nick Anderson, um, all that happening in '95, and then you've got you know, Shaq, um, who eventually, you know, you sent me a piece today that we kind of sat down and
0: looked at too. And we knew a lot of it, technical difficulties. You're going to hear a little bit of a edit in the podcast there, but we're back on track here. So the point that I wanted to make is like you said, everyone's kind of talking about like the what ifs and, um, you know, the fact that it feels like there have been so many for us in, you know, 30 what what are we looking at now? Thirty one, thirty two years as a mm-hmm. as a nineteen eighty nine, two thousand twenty. So, so thirty one years as a Mastase. franchise. Uh, it, it feels like there's been so many, but at the same time, we've had like a lot of luck. We're talking about the number one pick with Shaq, the number one mm-hmm. pick trading Chris Weber for Penny Hardaway, the number one pick with Dwight Howard. Like we have had a lot of luck. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of this stuff just like we, we think about it so much because we still like we've been so close to winning an NBA championship and it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah,
1: and you gotta think obviously ninety five was the one that hurt the most because even though it did it, it didn't seem as close as what it was probably. Um, but with that swing of of Nick Anderson hitting that free throw, um, probably changed a little bit of the trajectory. Who knows? Maybe we do go on to still lose the NBA finals. That was a good Rockets team with Hakeem and, and Kenny the Jet Smith. So they're you know, there's there's a lot of and that's why we're doing this, Jonathan. There is a lot of what ifs. There's a what if even probably after the fact of if Nick Anderson does hit those free throws. Right. Um, so who knows what happens, but that's the fun of it. Um, that did kind of start it all. Um and you know, it's it's fun to look at it, but it is what it is.
0: Well, another what if that stems from that, you know, Nick Anderson makes one of those free throws. He is completely, like, the way that he's remembered amongst Orlando Magic fans is completely different. Because right now, and it's really unfortunate, actually, but Nick Anderson is basically like the 1995, like, the, like why don't we have a, a ring? Like, why don't the Magic have a Larry O'Brien trophy, you know, sitting, you know, down in, in uh, you know, Church Street? A lot of people say Nick Anderson right like he's he's almost like a meme in certain aspects amongst orlando magic fandom and this is a guy who um has played more games than anybody in orlando magic history he's basically top five in every statistical category as far as all-time leaders for the magic in franchise history and he just doesn't get remembered enough uh for that this is a guy you know multiple years of scoring 19 points a game like nick anderson was not a scrub by any means but he's just yeah. been kind of relegated to being remembered as the guy who missed the free throws in game 1 of the 1995 finals.
1: Yeah, and that's something that he's talked about too a lot, obviously. And I believe I saw something recently where he was talking about how he still gets, you know, teased about it from from friends and family, things like that. Something he'll for sure never never let down uh live down, but it, like I said and like I'll probably keep saying it is what it is.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously everyone knows, and they went through it on the last dance, the Magic lose in the finals in 1995, and then are swept in the Eastern Conference finals in 96. Uh, and then that summer, Shaquille O'Neal leaves and signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's where we're going to pick this up next. What if Shaq never leaves? What, what happens? There's so much stuff that comes out of this. It's not even funny.
1: Yeah, I, I think you look at it. Shaq leaves after the 95-96 season goes on to play in LA putting up just as good of numbers um and then ends up you know having a, his best year in LA where he had you know almost 30 points a game uh which he came close to in Orlando but he you know if he sticks around what happens um I think there's a lot that that obviously could go right Shaq had was putting up big numbers um you know points per game in the 27s to 30s um through 2003 which you think of it that's the season leading up to Dwight Howard coming to Orlando right right and so you think yes we get Shaq we probably win a title um but that just that throws everything off like from then on it's just free reign as to what happens with the Orlando the team Magic. Looks
0: completely different right now. Like you, the, the history of the yeah. team. No Dwight don't Howard. Get, no you Trey.
1: You're not even sniffing Dwight Howard. Like people right. aren't even putting my, Dwight Howard to Orlando in a mock draft that year, right? Because Shaq, obviously being the most dominant player in NBA history, probably um, it, him being on Orlando changes the whole thing. Maybe you win a championship. Maybe you don't. But Uh, yeah, that, that article that kind of touched on it, um, from CBS, uh, sports, it just kind of lays it all out. And like you said, we knew most of it, but then, you know, there was just some things in that article that you looked at and you're like, wow, I, I didn't know it was that bad. Like it was bad.
0: Yeah. The way, the way that it, and forgive me, the, the name of the, the writer is eluding me right now. I can actually pull that up. Um, And take a quick Joel Corey. Joel Corey, thank you, Luke. Um, He he actually was working with the the firm that was managing Shaquille O'Neal at the time, so he was privy to all of this information. And he actually uh, wrote this article back in July of 2016. If you haven't had a chance uh, to read that, you can literally just Google Shaq leaving Orlando, and it's one of the first things that come comes up. Like uh, Luke mentioned, it's a you know from CBS Sports, but uh, he mentioned just he just goes on, and and we all knew like the general story, right? Like the, the magic you know could have signed him into more money. they lowballed him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers gave him this you know huge deal. Obviously the lure of, of the you know the history of the Los Angeles Lakers big man comes into play. the lure of him wanting to make movies and do music and all that stuff is talked about. Um, but he kind of denies all that. He just you know feels like he was slighted and disrespected by the magic. So he, he basically left town. Now we've also heard recently of the what if of Horace Grant getting the phone call, you know, from Shaquille O'Neal doesn't answer it. And then the next thing that he knows, Shaq is a Laker throw another. What if in there, uh, a few guys, you know, careers look completely different. Obviously Shaq staying in Orlando, but Penny Hardaway, maybe Penny Hardaway doesn't get hurt. It's crazy to to think, you know, as high of a regard as we hold Penny Hardaway in the fact that Penny Hardaway is not a hall of famer and most likely will never be a hall of famer. If you look Mm -hmm. at the numbers, it it, kind of makes sense, right? But he was just so good at the peak of his powers. And there was just so much potential there that in, you know, ninety four, ninety five. you would have asked somebody, you know, is Penny Hardaway going to be a Hall of Famer? They would have bet their life savings on that. Mm-hmm. So Penny Hardaway, another guy whose who's history and career just looks so much different. But when you just look at everything that the Magic had to do wrong in this scenario, and it's just like at every turn, they're like, all right, yeah, let's do the wrong thing. Oh, you mean yeah. we have another chance at Shaq? No, let's yeah. do the wrong thing. Oh, we have yeah. another chance? Another, ch- like, like four to five chances where they could have righted the ship and just made everything right and kept Shaq just so many things had to go wrong like in the last like you know 30 years this was the only 3-year period where every single free agent was an unrestricted free agent there's no you know after a rookie deal where you sign an offer sheet that the team that drafted you can match that and you have to stay with that franchise there's a 3-year period there where that just didn't exist which allowed mm-hmm. Shaq to leave. The Magic still could have paid him so much more than any other team. They could have gave him the amount of years that he wanted, the the you know the annual earnings that he wanted, and at every instance they just decided not to. They even criticized his <laughs> defense and his rebounding, which Luke, 3 out of the first 4 seasons playing for the Orlando Magic, he was second in the league in rebounding. Yep. This is the thing it, that I need to know. I need mm. I need names. I need the receipts. I need to know who was saying these things to Shaq. Who exactly were the 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 individuals responsible for letting this happen? Obviously, like the vast majority of it is going to be you know ownership and, and management. But I need to know who who was it that was like you know Shaq. You know you could re you could work on those rebounds and and then we'll talk.
1: Yeah, it's like you are trying to convince Shaq that he wasn't good at something, so that or as good as he thought he was, so that maybe they thought oh Shaq might think. If we present him with this, he might think, oh, they're right. I'll take less yeah, money. You're I'll, right. I can't I'll take rebound. The I suck. I can't. I am awful at rebounding. And then, you know, it it is kind of – it's just crazy to me. I mean, it, it, that he, you know, gets lowballed. You think of Shaq and where people hold him in, in, in Orlando Magic history. They, they call him the best player in Magic history. Jonathan, the craziest thing about him being the best player in Magic history, which you could debate between him and Dwight Howard all day, but the craziest thing is he only spent four seasons in and Orlando. His
0: first four seasons. Yeah, so what what happens if he stays, Jonathan? <laughs> Dude, you, just, everything is different. We're, you and I might not even be having this conversation like right. – we we might have never met literally if yep. Shaq stayed in Orlando. I'm I may never have made the podcast. Maybe maybe <laughs> I marry somebody different. Who knows? Not that I want to. Not that I want to if my my wife is in earshot of this right now, but mm-hmm. just so many things like li- you ever seen the butterfly effect? At mm-hmm. shout out to and Kutcher. Um mm-hmm. literally like it's the butterfly effect. So many things stemmed from that happening that just it, it just uh just all went bad. It went real bad, real fast afterwards. So we touched yeah. on, you know, what if, What if Penny doesn't get her? I think we've kind of fleshed out this this Shack scenario. As as much as it, it needs to be, right? Um, so we talk. Yeah, I'll about, start
1: crying if we continue a sack conversation.
0: Yeah, we know you, you can't watch this magic moment anymore because you, you will you cry no. every single time that you watch it. I, we know I do. that. So yeah. Um, but we're gonna go into to the next phase of this. What if another player doesn't get hurt? So, um, after the 1999 2000 season, everyone knows that the Magic complete the sign and trade deal for Tracy McGrady, and along with that came Grant Hill. Right. Mm. So what, what happens, like another facet of this is that the Magic also had the, the opportunity to to sign Tim Duncan and form like the first ever, what would have been known as the first ever, like big three. Yeah. But they go to dinner with, with Doc Rivers and, and Tim Duncan says, oh, you know, you know, would it be okay sometimes for, you know, road trips for my, my wife to accompany us, you know, on the, on the team plane. And Doc Rivers told him, no, absolutely not. And by all accounts and reports, that was like that was it for, for Tim Duncan. He was headed back to San Antonio, headed back to the Spurs.
1: Can can you imagine you you tell a guy who could change your, your franchise. We saw what he did in San Antonio, we see the playoff streak that the Spurs were on, with Greg Popovich obviously being a big part, but Timmy D, who now is on the bench with them. So we're talking about Tim Duncan's future's changed too. Right. That doesn't happen with the Spurs. He's not a, not one of the coaches on the bench either right now in 2020. There's a lot of things that also changes about Tim Duncan in general, but can you imagine that there's a lot of reasons and a lot of things you can say to a player to turn them away, but to tell him your wife can't go on the team plane, like, you can't do that. Sorry. Do you know how much stuff that players have done while, you know, on the team plane, uh on the team plane, at the hotels. In the locker room. Bringing In guns. the locker room.
0: Everything. Shout out right? to Gilbert Arenas, who we eventually traded for, but.
1: Right. Doc Rivers wasn't there. That's what it was. Right. Wouldn't have happened on a Doc Rivers account. Right. But. That that's the well, thing, I mean, man. Like under, how under, how is that the one thing?
0: Under Doc Rivers' eye, like, we all kind of witnessed like a public kidnapping on Twitter with DeAndre Jordan a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, Doc Rivers has kind of changed his tune on what he's willing to to let fly and what he's not when it comes to, you know, retaining free agents.
1: Yeah, I I just don't I that's one that I still don't get. Um I know a lot of A lot of Magic fans might not like the the casual magic fans might not know that Tim Duncan story because it is so, it got cut off so quick. Right. And it's just like, I, I don't know.
0: I don't know how it happens. Another one of those, what ifs that just kind of, irk me a little bit so obviously it's a big what if like you know if if Tim Duncan's there you know even Grant Hill that doesn't change the Grant Hill scenario right like Grant Hill is Mm -hmm. still going to be hurt still going to have the problems maybe he doesn't you know try to come back as quickly maybe he takes more time to heal and extend the longevity of you know his playing career in Orlando which he did later on in in Phoenix once he was actually able to get healthy eventually but I think it changes the you know the the career of Tracy McGrady you know Tracy McGrady doesn't feel the the need and and the the pressure from the organization to play 40 minutes a night which eventually led to his breakdown later on in in Houston so um but I don't really think the the Tim Duncan question changes the Grant Hill question so I do still want to kind of touch on that so yeah what what a lot of people you know don't realize and and kind of forget is that like in like 97 98 99 like Grant Hill was that dude Right? Like, Grant Hill was, like, the next guy. Mm -hmm. Like, getting, like, the the Scottie Pippen comparisons and everything like that. 1999, the year before, you know, the Magic completed the sign-in trade for Grant Hill, he averaged 25.8 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists. So, if if the Magic are getting a healthy Grant Hill, like, him and Tracy are for real about to do major damage. Yeah. Like, the league is not ready.
1: And... Hill gets to Orlando, right? He plays four games that year. Now, here's the part that that doesn't have to do with this what-if.
0: Really quickly, did you know that in Grant Hill's first season with the Orlando Magic, he shot 100% from three-point?
1: Listen. He only played four
0: games, but I saw that. I was like, wow, what a stat that would be.
1: Yeah, and he was I mean, kind of like March and Gortat. Pretty sure with us, he shot a hundred percent, so or close to it. Love it uh, from three. I think he only had a, maybe it was one for two. Regardless, um, yeah. But the the crazy thing about Grant Hill, he was such a popular player. He played four games that year, and he was an all star.
0: That's un- unbelievable.
1: That's, I mean, that's crazy. That that is what Orlando had was a guy who was loved uh, in his. You know, four out or five out of six seasons in Detroit, he was an All Star. His rookie year All Star. His numbers kept improving. He played four those four games in in Orlando, and then uh, and then obviously just kind of went on. You can kind of read down the games played list: four games, fourteen games, twenty nine games. Did not play 3 0 four injury yeah, with 30, his ankle. I think it was
0: like thirty seven total games played with the Magic, or, or something ridiculous like that.
1: Yeah, he he went on an in, in 04 and played a hefty amount um and started a hefty amount averaging 20 points a game, but you see that was the first real I think real season that the magic got from him was 2004-2005 after it came off that injury uh with his ankle in 03-04. But yeah, there's just a lot a lot of what ifs that that are be thrown around with Grant Hill um it, I don't know. It's just it hurts.
0: Well, the other thing that that's really crazy is like at that time that was still like the point where guys were getting signed to like seven year deals like Grant Hill with that sign and trade with the magic agreed to a seven year deal. So as like the, the Dwight Howard, you know, era started and you know, Grant Hill was still there. That's why, you know, I I was like, man, like looking back on all of that, I was like, wow, like why did he play for so long with the magic when he initially was hurt for those first four years? And I looked back and it was like, man, that was a seven year deal. Like, you know, two thousand, I'm I'm seven years old. I don't remember all the specifics of those deals and, and stuff like that. But so that kinda brings up to my next what if. So what happens like if the magic just what if we don't sign and trade for Grant Hill, right? I'm keeping the caveat that we probably still don't um sign Tim Duncan, but what if we go out and we just try to build around Tracy McGrady the best that we can? Right. What if we just yeah. go out and get role players and, and just bolster up that lineup a little bit more, making Tracy the focal point, not invest that salary cap space into Grant Hill. And, and what if, as Tracy ages, you know, and, and starts to become a you know perennial all star, you know league leading scorer, all of those kinds of things, if he has a better supporting cast around him, maybe he doesn't demand that trade in 2004. You know, the the Magic won like 22 games, um, in the the 03 you know, oh four 4 season, and then Tracy's like, I'm, I'm done with this. This He plays 67 games that year, and he's like, I'm, I'm over this. I'm, I'm tired of playing for this crap team. He wanted to go to Houston, play with Yao Ming. He saw the success that Shaq and Kobe had together, and he wanted to, you know, chase a championship, which, you know, he had every right to do. But, you know, what happens if, if Tracy doesn't demand that trade in 2004?
1: Uh, we get to see him play with that big man that he was going yeah, to that's play my, with that's he,
0: my whole thing
1: he he might not have known it he definitely didn't know it uh you know you go play with Yao or you play with dwight howard but he didn't know much about dwight uh if anything and then the magic get dwight you jonathan what do you think the magic can do with tracy mcgrady and Dwight Howard first and foremost as your best two players.
0: Well this this is the thing, right? Like, you know, he he is going to play with he thinks he's going to play with Yao Ming, but then they're both injury ridden over the next mm-hmm. few seasons to the point where, you know, Yao Ming, you know, has to retire really really early, Tracy McGrady, you know, starts having like back issues and and all kinds of things, he bounces around the league. Um, you know, after a few seasons, a few good seasons with Houston, but then, you know, his body just really, from what I think were those, you know, minute heavy years in Orlando, his body just started to break down prematurely. Um, but, but like you said, if he just sticks around, plays with Dwight, the, the Magic literally <laughs> draft Dwight like a week before this trade is completed. It was a, a deal that had been in the works for a you know a few weeks up to this point. But Tracy at this point he's thinking, like, I want to go and contend for a title. I don't want to stick around and, and wait for this rookie to develop before we can then contend for a title. But the Magic draft Dwight Howard. They draft you know, well, they trade for Jameer Nelson. Um, maybe that summer they're still able to rework the cap and, and still sign Hito Turkalu. So instead of, you know, the 08, 09, you know, 2010 teams where we're looking at, you know, Jameer, Dwight, Richard, Hito, slash, you know, Vince Carter and, you know, all that kind of stuff, we're looking mm-hmm. at, at, you know, 2006, 2007, Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, Jameer, Hedo, and, and maybe we're able to, you know, contend for a title then. You know, who knows? Uh, Another quick tidbit: This was the only. This was only the fourth time in NBA history to this point where a defending scoring champ demanded a trade. He was the first player to do that since 1976. Jeez, so it hurts. It
1: it does, and I mean the the thing about you know you you think like if Shaq you know not Shaq if if Tracy McGrady doesn't leave, um, you know you see Dwight Howard took a couple years to develop. I mean, his first year, he still put up decent numbers for a rookie. He was 12 points and rebounds, right? Right. Started that, that, that Mm -hmm. whole double, double every season of his career until recently, um, which I believe was last year. Um, But all that to say, Dwight Howard's playing power forward his first two years. And then in the 2006 season went to center. And what do you know it? He became an all-star, uh, averaging 18 a game and 12.3 rebounds, and then just went ridiculous from there and became the Dwight that we knew and loved. Um, but if Tracy hangs around, who knows? Maybe there is another what if. if. If Tracy does come and and is around, does Dwight Howard develop that quickly? Because they're obviously going to be going to Tracy in big moments and relying on him for big things. Um, do, does Dwight really step up that quickly? Or, or does – you know, or what happens with that, with that duo. Um, That's also the other thing with this is we don't know what they would be like. We don't know if Tracy then kind of gets to be injury riddled as well. Kind of like he did with Yao. So there's a lot there that you could probably sit and unpack for a while, Jonathan. Um, But I mean, it all, it all is, it's, it's what made Orlando what it, (laughs) what it is, I guess.
0: Yeah. As we get into like, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, like Tracy still probably ends up breaking down. Like that's, like I said, I just feel like, and I'm sure he feels the same way that, you know, the 39, 38, 40 minute per game seasons in Orlando is kind of what, and he, him to just have to be that guy and the guy every single night, basically carry those teams to wins by himself, um, you know, trying to, you know, win playoff series by himself, essentially, is what led to him, you know, breaking down. So all that stuff probably happens, but I, I still think that we get like one to two years of, like prime Tracy McGrady, m- like mixed with early prime Dwight Howard, Defensive Player of the Year, um, you know, All Star, some solid play out of Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkaloo, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, all this is is theoretical. We'll never know. But but that's it, it's kind of fun to have this conversation. I mean, I'm having, not it, I wouldn't really call it fun. It's almost like like masochistic, you know, torture. You know, we, we're <laughs> doing this to ourselves. But uh you just you just can't help but think, you know, what if, what if, what if. So, yeah.
1: There there's a lot. And Jonathan, there's another one. You mentioned Jameer Nelson. We want to fast forward here to the year the Magic made the finals in 2009. I mean, it, Jameer gets hurt. We don't know what happens in the end when you go up against LA. With that happening, like do do the magic beat the? Do we have enough? Right? I mean, it was it it was pretty bad with the, with the Lakers. It was it was not great.
0: Yeah, it was not a great series, you know, at all. But you know, up until that point in two thousand nine, you know, Jameer Nelson was an All Star, sixteen point seven points per game, five point four assists, three point five rebounds. Year as well, best year of his career by far. from the floor, 45% from the three-point line that season, Luke. Uh, And then in the finals, obviously, you know, he's coming back. He's rusty, all these things. But in 18 minutes per game, averaged 3.8 points, 2.8 assists, 1.4 rebounds, shot 34.8% from the floor, shot 16% from the three-point line. Mm -hmm. So, like, things just really did not go well for Jameer Nelson in the finals, the, the magic in the finals, there have been some questions about, you know, uh, Anthony Johnson, who was the backup point guard for that run, that entire season through the the playoffs and then into the finals, you know, Stan Van Gundy basically tells him, look like, you know, you're out of the rotation. There's, you know, stories that he was not happy at all about that. And then it's just it's just kind of a, a weird dynamic, you know, in the, um, you know, one of the um, like magic moment or whatever that special is called that they do on Fox Sports Florida, it's eluding me at this time. But, you know, he mentions that before that series, he asked everyone on the team, man to man, one on one, Are you okay with me if I'm playing? And he says, if they said if one guy said no that he wasn't going to play. Now, obviously that's easy to say, you know, in hindsight, but at the same time, like you're kind of putting those guys in a weird position. What are they gonna say? Oh no, our all star starting point guard at the beginning of the year, this might be your only chance to ever win an NBA Finals, and I'm gonna tell you no, I don't want you to play. Yeah. What are they gonna say to the guy?
1: Yeah, and then, you know, they they work him into the rotation and, you know, you're he plays essentially 18 minutes a game in those playoffs where, you know, in most playoffs he was getting like 36 minutes at the most. So, essentially, they, they halved his minutes in the rotation, which obviously can account for the four points per game. But who knows? Maybe if you keep Anthony Johnson in the lineup, I mean, maybe... Maybe you, your play improves on the court as a team just because that's kind of the flow of being in the playoffs. But I think in that situation, it was Jameer's only all-star year you had to throw him in there. You couldn't, it, you'd, you'd be haunted by what ifs if you didn't throw Jameer Nelson into that lineup.
0: Right. And, you know, we talk about the fact that like, it just really didn't go, you know, well for the Lakers. So the Magic beat the Lakers both times that they played that season. Um, Jameer Nelson scoring 27 points and 28 points in those games against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So like, you kind of understand where Stan Van Gundy is coming from. Like, this is a team that we matched up well, you know, pretty well with during the regular season. Jameer Nelson was a huge part of that. Obviously, everyone knew that, you know, conditioning one was going to be an issue, but that Jameer wasn't going to be at 100% in that series. But even if you're getting like 75 to 80% of Jameer in that series coming off of the bench, um, that's potentially a game changer because he did play so well against the Lakers in the, in the regular season. But um, it it really just didn't pan out well. Like nobody played, um, you know, really all that well in that finals against the Lakers. You know, they, they they mentioned um, actually in that episode that I was watching on Fox sports, Florida, um, that they, they felt like they were ready. Like they were going to go and they were going to play really well. And then game one comes, the magic get blown out and they're like, Oh, we had we had no idea what was going to happen. Like, they were not ready to play that series. So then my whole thing is, like, the next year, like, okay, the Magic are going to be ready. They, mm-hmm. they know what to expect. They're going to run it back. But then they make the trade for Vince Carter, you know, because Otis Smith feels like, all right, we need to go out and get, you know, another, like, elite player, another elite scorer. They think that's going to be Vince Carter. That's arguably the the best um, Orlando Magic team in NBA history, that 2009-2010 team, uh, but then they lose you know in the playoffs to the Boston Celtics. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it, another what if, right? Like what if we just would have ran it back with that 2009 team? What would have happened? Like give them another shot at a title. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, 2009, everyone knows. 2010, we lose in, in, in the playoffs, and then over 2011 and 2012, the whole Dwight mayor just begin you know, continues to unfold. Um, yeah. Otis Smith is fired. Rob Hennigan is hired as GM, oh. and that's where oh. we're going to start now. This is this is really going to open a huge can of worms. Have no idea where this is going to lead. But what if Rob Hennigan does not get hired?
1: There's so- a. A lot of things. <laughs>
0: so many things come from this. Like it's, it's like right up there with with Shaq. You know, letting Shaq leave. Like it's got to be up there with all time. Like Orlando Magic executive decisions gone wrong. Because it's so clear that this was like hindsight is twenty twenty. But right now, it is so clear that that was the wrong decision.
1: Yeah, I and it's hard to to play the what if with a GM because. You don't know what that means. Like, you know, every GM's different. Um, every GM likes certain type of players. We know our current staff and front office loves people with big wingspans. We, you know, it. there's a lot of things that could have happened differently, Jonathan. I mean, players that we might not have ever seen and probably wouldn't have seen in a Magic uniform if Ron, Rob Hennigan wasn't at the helm. And then a lot of some players, Victor Oladipo, don't get traded, and you get to see that core develop.
0: Right. Well, who knows? Like, if if no Rob Hennigan, maybe Victor Oladipo doesn't get drafted. Right. right.
1: And that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that you 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 it's have really to, hard to that's play. That's what this is. Game it's all speculation.
0: GM. Right. Yeah. It is.
1: But it, at the same time, I don't know. Maybe maybe Oladipo still does get drafted. I mean he he was one of the one of the best players in that in that draft that year. Um, and maybe the Magic still take him, and then maybe don't deal him down the road. I think that that's probably the biggest thing with Hennigan. That's my what if. What if Oladipo stays? You could argue that Oladipo going to OKC and being with paired with Russ helped his growth. What he which what was what he wasn't getting in Orlando. I think it's it's easy to, uh, you know, it, it's not hard to kind of place some blame on the developmental staff of Orlando of old during that Rob Hennigan era, there were some players who just didn't develop. Um, and then you saw Oladipo go to OKC, kind of find his rhythm. And now you see him in Indiana. Obviously, those injuries have hurt him. But imagine if you had Oladipo with the roster that we've got. Obviously, there's some players who might not be there. but And that's the risky run with this. But at the same time, who knows? Oladipo would be uh, pretty nice to have on the roster during this this time.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's so hard uh, to play the what if with with the Oladipo thing because my biggest thing with Vic is like he didn't have the superstar, you know, at the practice facility, you know, in the locker room, um, you know, during film sessions that he did in Russell Westbrook and in, in OKC, right? Being able to see that guy every single day. And Victor Oladipo has said this himself. Um, you saw it with his body transformation after he was traded from OKC to the Pacers that he saw what it took every single day to be the guy for a franchise. Uh, and he didn't have that experience in, in Orlando. So it's just like looking back on it, it sucks that the question was really, do we pay Oladipo? Do we pay Evan Fournier? And at the time with me, it was like, all right, we know what Evan Fournier is. We still don't know what Oladipo is going to be. Like sometimes he's this guy who is going to put up, you know, 13 points in a game, going to be really solid on the defensive end, but he's going to have four to five turnovers in a game. Some nights he's going to come out and drop 27 points, shoot, you know, four of eight from the three point line, add nine rebounds, you know, four assists, three steals, and two blocks, right? Which we've seen him be at times uh, for the Indiana Pacers now. But it, it just sucks that that's really what it came down to. They decided Fournier over Oladipo, essentially. They decided they really needed to go and get a name, which was Serge Ibaka, right? They decided yep. to pay Evan Fournier $18 million a year. Still don't understand giving him the fifth-year player option. I don't understand why that was necessary to sign Evan Fournier. Sign, you know, Bismack Biombo to $17, $18 million <laughs> 18, that, that yeah. season. Just, like... I, you could just run down so many things with oh, with Rob Hennigan.
1: Also, Jonathan, um, other GMs don't tweet out the whiteboard uh, yeah. of oh my gosh. of players they're looking at too. People, that's that's, that's still, another that's still truly thing. Rob Hennigan gem.
0: Well, you saw you saw it in the, the NBA draft this year that uh, John Gruden behind him had like their their draft targets on the board, <laughs> and people were making Orlando Magic Rob Hennigan memes. It's like <laughs> like good grief, like and, and honestly, like. Whoever posted that photo, like, I mean, whoever took that photo should be like, um, did you, did you guys see th- what's in the background here? Yeah. Like, that, that was just unfortunately a failure organizationally on multiple levels before it got to Twitter, and now it's just become a meme. But talking about Rob Hennigan, we can just look at, like, the coaching decisions. Jacques Vaughn, right? And then you fire him, and then James Borrego is the interim like that's fine right but then we hire Scott Skiles who that Mm -hmm. felt like it had Alex Martins and the DeVos family's hands all over it Scott Skiles tries to quit in January of that season Alfred Payton gets hurt the Magic go like 2 and 14 we were 19 and 13 at the end of you know the end of December that year it really felt like all right the Magic are back but then just completely fall apart in January he tries to quit he does quit in May then they hire Frank Vogel. He's not the guy. They're talking about, you know, the playoffs. Mario Hazonia has like the, the infamous like Warlando thing. Um, yeah. That becomes a whole thing. And then we look at the players. We look at, you know, um, trading Victor Lodipo. We look at drafting Mario Hazonia. We talk about Scott Skiles forcing him to trade. Um, Tobias Harris for Urson Ilyasova and Brandon Jennings. Like I remember Brandon Jennings not getting re-signed by the Magic and tweeting out, I'm going to pretend like Orlando never happened, and then deleting the tweet not long after that. Just so many things. Like, oh, man. You touched on Hazonia a little bit. Uh, the, the Scott Skiles I- hire is a huge what-if with Mario Hazonia.
1: Well, the other thing with Mario Hazonia that hurts a lot and kind of gets drowned in the whole just blunder of what everything was. You were obviously the one thing like Hennigan couldn't help that the magic were one spot away from landing Chris Taps Porzingis. Right. Um, but what Hennigan could help was the fact that, uh, a guy named Devin Booker was still on the board when he took Mario Hazonia. Right. um, Booker, I think, went on to average 10 or 11 that year, 12 that year, while Hazonia averaged 5. Devin Booker continued to progress while Hazonia, you know, was averaging 5 points a game. He finally had that season where he had those 10 points a game. I think that um,
0: was the, the the Vogel, the first Vogel season.
1: Yeah, and um, there's there's a what-if there with Hazonia and, and Hennigan. You take Devin Booker instead. You take Miles Turner instead. You take... To, I don't know. Justice Winslow was still there.
0: Right. Well, so my yeah. my thing with Marosonia is like I really feel like what it was was that Scott Skiles just would not give him a long enough leash. Like I remember I remember this I I remember being so hyped this summer. Um that that was the 2015 summer. So we had drafted Aaron Gordon the year before. So mm-hmm. he was he was hurt throughout, you know, his rookie season. He comes, you know, into summer league looking like the second coming of Carmelo Anthony. Like the (laughs) in-and-out dribbles between the legs, the step-back threes. Like he was dominating Summer League. Like (laughs) averaging like 24 points, like 10 rebounds, assists. Mario Hazonia, I remember his first game in Summer League, hits like the game-winning three, had a Mm. huge dunk. And then Mm. like a week or so later, Aaron Gordon breaks his jaw. And then like it just seems like from that point it was like, okay, Maybe the, the broken jaw kind of – he he never really had, like, a healthy summer. That's what we were waiting for with Aaron Gordon. Like, when is he going to have a full, healthy summer where he has, you know, the same coach? And that's what this whole year for me was. Like, Aaron Gordon's going to be an all-star this year because it's his first healthy summer. It's his, his, his first real season – being healthy for an entire offseason, having the same coach. We saw, you know, the strides that he took last year. We saw, you know, um, what was that game four last year when he was going at Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. just like, you know, 23 points or whatever it was. So this was supposed to be like the Aaron Gordon year. But so but back to Mario Hazonia, I I totally blame that whole situation on it just was not the right, Player coach fit with Scott Skiles and, and Hazonia Every single time he made a mistake, he was instantly out of the game. Just ruined any confidence that he had going into the draft. This kid had a a, a confidence or like an arrogance, a, arrogance and and um like cockiness level. Why should yeah. I go watch Messi play football? He should come watch yeah. me play. Messi basketball. come watch me play. Right. Mm-hmm. So like ah now he you know a lot of people have said that you know they could tell that that guy was never going to be an NBA player, but just. I remember watching that summer league game and being so excited for Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon, and Mario Hazonia at the time. And that that statement right now just sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, you
1: said that, and I tried not to chuckle, to yeah. be honest with you.
0: So, so many what-ifs. I mean, what if we don't get coronavirus? What if Jonathan Isaac doesn't right. you know, uh, injure his knee New Year's Day of this year? Mm-hmm. It's just so many things. It's I, the
1: life we lead, Jonathan.
0: I, I, I'm really, really sad now, but this was like this was like therapeutic. Yeah, like it, this, this.
1: I feel was like cathartic. I've 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 talked my feelings out, and I'm a new man. Yeah, I would. I is. wouldn't
0: say that. I think probably in about <laughs> two months, I'll look back on all these things and be like really ups, like upset and sad about them. But for right now, like I'm okay. I yeah. I'm not okay, but I'm gonna act like I'm okay. Right. Right. So. I don't have anything else. I mean, there's, like, just, we could play this game really all day, but I, I feel like we hit on, like, what most Magic fans are thinking. If if you've been following this team for any length of time, you've heard most of these stories. Um, I don't have any other what-ifs. I I could probably think of some,
1: but I, I don't think we need them.
0: My major thing right now is, like, what if, like, we don't get back to basketball anytime soon? That would really suck.
1: You'll have to check in on me. <laughs>
0: We're still we're <laughs> I, still hoping I don't, for Luke's sake that there's going to be college football. We'll we'll have to call an ambulance oh, if if oh boy. college football gets canceled. I'm
1: I'm optimistic about college football just because I see that the NBA is getting back somewhat to 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 normalcy. They're they're letting players back in facilities. We're just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop and and see when what well first the 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 biggest thing is what venues are they going to choose because they've, they've been proposed by both Disney and Vegas. They've both, that both parties have said we will do it. We'll make it happen. Please, you know, essentially because it's a big opportunity for both places. It can make a lot of money. They can make a lot of money. And Disney, who is a, a place that, um, Disney is 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 a place, an organization, a corporation that has lost a lot of money over these last, you know, the last month, two months since they shut down permanently their parks. This is a big thing that you know. I don't know exactly how they get cut in on money. That's another thing, Jonathan. That um, I know I've said this many times. I don't envy what these guys have to decide. Right. Um, how you work these contracts? They, there's a lot of paperwork that has to be gone through that we really don't you know, we, we know nothing about, I don't, I don't read licensing agreements, Jonathan. I'm not, I wouldn't want to sit down and, and look at all these, the, all the underlying things and small print of what Disney's going to require, you know, knowing Disney, they'll, they'll try to get a good cut of money, but, and that, maybe that shoots them in the foot. I don't know, but I hope uh, my vote is for Disney just because we are, an Orlando magic podcast. So that would be fun to, to be able to see Disney kind of, uh, get that. Not that they need any more exposure than they've gotten, but, um, that they have, but Jonathan, I, I, it just comes down to the same thing we've been doing the last two months. We're in the waiting game.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to continue to wait, but while we're waiting, we're going to continue to bring you guys episodes every single Monday so be on the lookout for that Um, you know we're just going to make things up to talk about until we actually have basketball and free agency and trade rumors and draft stuff to talk about all that kind of stuff Um, we're just going to keep making this stuff up as we go so we appreciate you guys uh, listening Uh, Luke unless we have anything else man I'm going to end it out here uh, for Luke this has been Jonathan thanks for listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya